Welcome to episode 105 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. Happy holidays, Cameron. Happy holidays, Chris. You, you and I are both in the midst of holiday parties. Yes. Uh, we are very tired. Our, our voices, I'm sure... We have sure, lots of friends. Are, Lots of friends, too many parties. I'm sure both of our voices are worse for wear. Yes. As a result, I know mine is. <laughs> you know, I, I, I never, I always forget how how much I talk until it comes to like the holiday season. Yeah. Because usually, I, I, I think people know most people know that I, I work from home. So there are days when I like it gets to like 9 p.m. I'm like, oh, I haven't opened my mouth today. And oh then, my God. And then Christmas parties come along, and it's like, oh, I have to talk. I, oh, I have to talk the whole time? Yeah. Oh, like, talk God. No, nonstop. I, well, and the only... I haven't, I, I haven't worked up to this. <laughs> the like the the best remedy to have to talk a whole time is, of course, just have a drink in your hand and like constantly sip from it. But that means you're just drinking the entire time. Yes. And it's all, it's all just rough. You know, it's socially acceptable during the holidays. <laughs> totally. Um, oh, God. But yeah, we, we are once again recording on Sunday night, and we, we have both been Christmas partying hard. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm still hungover. You know, that's fine. Because what's a better <laughs> cure than some... Some uh, casual podcasting Some casual podcasting and, and some Batman Beyond. Yeah, it was it was a rough week this week for our content. I, I was not super thrilled with either Batman Beyond or Titans. Yeah. Uh, I would, what, about, what about the news? How do you feel about that? Um, there wasn't a lot of news this week either. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of scrambled to find stuff. Like, I know the... Uh, Arrowverse Elseworlds crossover happened. Oh, that's right. The weekend. I haven't watched it yet. I completely I, forgot about and that. And I want to watch it because I think they also tease Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a huge deal. That's a, a huge deal. But I don't want to watch the teaser for it yet, assuming that it might reveal things that might happen over the course of the, the crossover. The L- yeah, yeah. But I really want to watch it, I mean, mostly for Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I've heard that Tyler Hoechlin's Superman is just great in general in that universe, and I haven't watched anything with him yet. So like, okay, this feels like a good, like, semi succinct way to do that yeah so i need to watch that because i want to know what's happening there um so that happened i guess if you saw it anyone who's listening and liked it let us know if it's really worth watching or not because we're both kind of pressed for time Mm -hmm. um is it it's just the the four shows right not black lightning it's just well so black lightning is actually set in a different continuity okay that's what i thought it's its own thing but even this time around it's only no one talks about that one no Although it's supposed to be still really good. Good. I, the first few episodes I watched were great. Yeah. Um, but no, no, this crossover, it was just actually uh, Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl. Okay, there was so no, not Legends. no Legends this time. Yeah, I think they had enough stuff, just those three. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do need to go check that out. And then... Do you think it's in his contract that uh, Brandon Roth's not allowed to be on screen with another Superman? Superman. I, mm, I... he. Do you think he's bitter? I'd be bitter if I was him. I, I would be, too, because he really got fucked over, and I'm glad he's found, like, a new space for himself. I've, I've also listened to interviews with him, and he's just, like, he seems like this, like, the loveliest, nicest, most upbeat person mm-hmm. possible, and seems to have a good perspective and all that sort of shit. Well, he's had a pretty good career since then. Um, I mean, obviously not, like, Superman level, but yeah. he, was, he was a pretty main character in Chuck. Oh, after that that's movie, right. After, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was I've never seen Chuck. So. Uh, he was Lucas. Not Lucas Lee. He was um, fucking the third evil ex from Scott Pilgrim. This is true. Uh, it's, it's Matthew Patel. He, it, there it's was uh, Lee, and like Dylan Day, Dog of Night or whatever, which I never saw, but apparently it was terrible. I don't know what you're talking about. It's some, it's some random, like, I think it is based off a comic no one has ever seen. 
I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Didn't go well for Brandon, him. No. No. Hold on. Who's the fucking third villain? Todd. Sorry, Todd Ingram. That was his name. Okay. That's driving me crazy. <laughs> I'm glad you figured it out. Yes. It's 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 uh, Matthew Patel, Lucas Lee, Todd Ingram, Roxy, um, Roxy Richer, the Katsunagi twins, uh, Ken and Kyle, uh, and then Gideon Graves. Well done. Thank you. Well done, sir. Thank you. Um, but no, I mean, he's <laughs> he's done fine for himself. I I still think Superman Returns is the best Superman movie made. Interesting. Yeah, that's. That I don't have very, a lot to compare it to since that, I haven't seen any, any other, other one. That is a highly controversial opinion. And I'm sure a few people just yelled at their phones when I said that. Um, but I'm going to stand behind that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, there wasn't that much other news. Like, um, so there's. A show, Stargirl, is going to be coming out on okay. the DC Universe. So I, I think that is also not connected to the Arrowverse. Um, but Joel McHale was cast as Starman. Awesome. I don't like know enough about these characters to really have a lot to say about that, but I always love Joel McHale. And then... Uh, this, Luke, so th- these are different from Stars and Stripes, right? Uh, wait, Stars and Stripes? I don't remember. Well, because Star, Stargirl is in the J, um, Justice League Unlimited. Yes. She looks like Captain America and she has like the, the staff, the Starman staff. Mm-hmm. And then is Starman the. No, okay, sorry. I'm getting the. Because she teamed up with Steel in an episode. Oh, right? okay. I, I forget. I it's think been a, so. It's been a long I time. thought they were a team. And no. I think there's another comic team called Stars and Stripes. I think so. Is that also DC? I don't know. Oh I'm my God. Things we should know. But so she's part of um, the Justice Society of America, the JSA. Yes. So I think this show will focus on her but involve other JSA members. And we know this because. Uh, the son of Lou Ferrigno, Lou Ferrigno Jr., was cast as Our Man. Okay. I've always really liked Our Man. Actually, the only reason I really know about him is from um, New Frontier. There's mm-hmm. like that opening sequence that pulls an homage from Vertigo. The cops are chasing him across the rooftops, and he seemingly falls to his death. But that version of Our Man, the Rex Tyler version, which I'm assuming that's what they're going to use here, he's super interesting because he gets his powers from... Uh, taking a drug, it's like a uh, he's like a pharmaceutical magnate, and he creates this drug that gives him these powers. So that just the idea of him in general is really interesting. Of this guy who only has powers when he's on drugs, mm-hmm. and so it becomes this whole like it's almost like limitless. Oh right, yeah. I guess it's it's okay. It's basically just limitless. <laughs> it's basically limitless. But I don't know. It's it's an interesting structure around which to base a character, and I feel like it's a very a concept that would work well in the modern world. Um, I've actually always wanted to see a movie set in like the 1950s with Our Man and then also Martian Manhunter as John Jones Detective. Just basically like those two characters as they are in New Frontier. Yeah. I just want to see that movie done, though. That'd be cool. I think it'd be really cool, actually. And like, again, we have the DCU is so fucking complicated at this point. Like, oh, Wonder Woman was around this whole time and she was just hiding out. Like, you could absolutely have Martian Manhunter have been on Earth since, you know, like the 50s or something like that and just kind of hiding out. Um, kind of like he does at the end of Justice League too. Like he yeah. decides like step away from humanity. I don't know. Interesting idea. We'll see if I actually watch Stargirl or not. Uh, so what, what I had, what I, sorry, what I was getting it mixed up with, um, is is kind of separate. So Stars and Stripe is a series. Okay. Following the sidekicks of Starman. Oh, um, okay. So Stripe is a fictional as a fictional character named uh, Pat Dugan. Uh, who first went by the name Stripesy. Oh, Jesus. He's notable being the only adult sidekick to a teenage superhero, Sylvester Pim- Pemberton. The You're doing great, buddy. Kid. You're doing Thank great. You. Can tell it's on the fly. 
Uh, Stripey was a gifted mechanic who built the duo's car, the Star Rocket Racer. Together, they were members of the Seven Soldier Victory and the All-American Squadron. Uh, Stripey was created by uh, Jerry Siegel and Hal Sherman. Oh, he's old. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he was created by Jerry Siegel. Yeah, you'd have to be. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you, you, you would recognize them. Uh, they look like this. So that they are oh, in uh, yes. JLU as well. They are, yeah. The guy in the robot suit with the big red stripe across his belly—that's mm-hmm. Stripe. Yes. How original. Yeah. Also, that's an acronym, isn't it? S T R I P E. Mm-hmm. What does it stand for? That is a great question for another day. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I think that the there are members of the JSA that I always thought were kind of cool. Special Tactics Robotic Integrated Power Enhancer. Fantastic. Love it. Um, but no, I like a lot of the characters in the JSA. I mean, it's like Star Girls in there, Our Man, um, Doctor Midnight. Mm-hmm. I want to say um, I feel like Hawkman and Hawk Girl sometimes in there as well. Um, which one was original uh, Green Lantern? Uh, Alan oh, Scott. Alan Scott Green Lantern, okay, yeah. who's not part of the Green Lantern Corps, so it's a right. separate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Garrick Flash is in there yes. as well, and um, sometimes Doctor Fate. Yes, I lo- and I love Doctor Fate. Yes, he I always really has some love. of the best episodes in, yeah. in so, animation. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I'm going to be honest. In that one episode in Smallville. Oh, yeah. That's a weird episode in Smallville. A lot of those weird episodes. Look good, a lot of weird Costume episodes. looked good. There was a whole JSA episode of that show, yeah. Like, Titans is not giving me a lot of hope. No. Um, but you get my problem now. Like, they don't, they're so bad at ending episodes. Yeah. They were just oh, so I know. angry. I know. The well, days after watching we'll, it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that travesty in a, in a short while here but like i think there's uh, i don't know i guess i should give them credit to be like this show wasn't originally intended for titans it was meant for tnt they brought it over we're gonna do our own thing and they've like slapped like edginess onto it and just it's all just kind of a wreck mm-hmm. but, we say, bottle it up chris bottle it up but, we, gotta, we gotta save it for a little bit but I, I i'm pretty sure star girl one of the differences is being shepherded by greg berlanti rather than by jeff johns and mm-hmm. akiva goldsman i still do not know to this day why people keep giving akiva goldsman work who was that he was the writer of batman and robin most egregiously i what's the problem Oh God! Right, of course. He's just like he is not someone who's known for doing a lot of good. He's also Oscar nominated for. Fuck, I can't remember what it is now. Maybe even won an Oscar. But he also made a movie a couple years ago called The Water. I think it's The Water Diviner with Russell Crowe, which like no one saw, and it's just be terrible. Okay. Um, a lot of people were concerned when he was involved with Star Trek Discovery, but apparently that's actually mostly been pretty good. Although I stopped watching it because I was tired of paying an extra ten bucks a month for one show that was only mediocre. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, but it's just like. I think Jeff Johns is really good with comics, but I don't know if he really has. I, his I foot. wanted to bring that up. Yeah, Jeff Johns, like I love the man. Yeah, he, he wrote the the comic series that got me back into comics. Right. Yeah. Blackest Night, uh, and everything he did to bring kind of Flash back to the forefront of conversation, because uh, he was the the man behind Flashpoint. And yeah, I mean, he's a know. great comics writer. I mean, yeah, and he's done a whole bunch for the industry. And. You know, he his his breakthrough with television movies was the Green Lantern movie, and it hasn't really been great since then. No, I just they are they are different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Just ask J.K. Rowling that. Mm-hmm. Shots fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am wearing a Hogwarts shirt right now. 
Yeah, I love Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I can love Harry Potter and despise Fantastic Beasts. No, you're Beast. not allowed we'll, to critique what you love, Chris. That's the whole we'll, point we'll, of loving yeah, it. Yeah, of course. How do you have I? to? Your your goal as a fan is you can only hate other people that critique it. Let me just put you my blinders yourself back are not on. allowed to critique. Yeah, get back into it. Let me um, explain how fandoms work. <laughs> you are right. Everyone else is wrong. We'll do a bonus episode on just on how fandom works. It'll be, be you talking for an hour, me not listening. Let me talk about waifus one more time. Oh, let's not. I had to, I, I had I brought that up casually in a conversation at a Christmas party. And how did that go? It great. Uh, did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> they were very lost and very confused. I'm sure at least a little bit disturbed. Yeah. Well, did people just slowly drift away from the conversation one by mentally, one? Mentally, did they for all sure. leave like in a mass exodus? Uh, no, not not a mass exodus, but you you could see kind of the light fading from their eyes. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it started with Bowsette. Do you know oh. who that yes, is? Yes, I'm aware of. You've explained Bowsette to me. Did it really? Okay. Yeah. Um. Perfect. So, uh, somehow the conversation of Bowsette came up. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, you know, the internet does dumb things. And like, like what? Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, let's open up this box for a minute. Oh, God. The dark side of phantom. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I don't even. What are we talking about? I don't know. I don't know. What's going on in the world? Um, okay, one other thing. And I guess this, this would be a better conversation to have as a part of a lar- larger conversation about Spider-Verse. Which you and I literally just got out of. Yes, you for, cool. the, second, you for the second time. It's amazing, guys. It's really it's amazing. unbelievable. Um, we're gonna. It's a visual phenomenon. Yeah, we're we're gonna try and get that crossover together. But no matter what, we're gonna find a way to talk about this movie because it's fucking amazing. Yes, but I think we have talked about before my concerns with Sony's success. Have we talked about this really? I don't think so. I don't okay. think on air at least. Okay, so my concern is that with Venom doing as well as it did, which it shockingly has done like over 700 million worldwide, I think. It's it's almost all international though, right? I think so, yeah. It surpassed Wonder Woman at the global yeah, box office, that. which is tragic. Um, with that sort of success, and now, and so I mean, that was commercial success, but certainly not critical success. Right. But I think with Spider-Verse, Sony is going to get both. Deservedly so. Yes. My worry has been that that success is going to go to their head and they're going to think they don't need marvel they do need marvel they do they absolutely do i think uh venom is a garbage film that absolutely needs the hand of some like kevin feige there to like make it good especially if they want to like really use the spider-verse to its full potential they need someone who can look down the line be like hey let's set up something bigger than what we have yeah because everything marvel has done well they like half-assed tried to do it in like both the amazing spider-man run and then now with venom it's it's terrible but um amy pascal who was at sony for a long time and is just now a producer on all the spider-man films i think she retains the rights to them um she has said that spider-man will stay in the mcu i think he was originally maybe contracted for f- five films that he was going to be in for marvel mm-hmm. um so we're now at two yeah and i think three and four one presumes are both coming up pretty shortly here next year yes um we never got the trailer did we no we never got the we're no we got far that, from home last week no we got no they showed it down at what brazil comic-con and they showed us the the tease of his weird stealth suit well i thought that i thought we were supposed to get a trailer i heard that too but it, we haven't gotten it yet yeah so 
sometimes I mean, man. I guess it makes sense they would space it out. Like, why would they? I know back to back with yeah. Infinity like, War. why would they undercut themselves that way? They're gonna get soon, but. My worry is that they're going to avoid trying to use Marvel. And so, like, this is at least nice to hear that there is the intent to keep them in the MCU. Well, I mean, now they just have the... Now they can just bring up the conversation of other universes. Yeah. So they, they can basically... They can pretty much at this point have their own Spider-Man and just call it, you know, this is Peter B. Parker now. Yeah. He's different. It Well, it's just... What's interesting is with Spider-Verse... He does some finger guns and dances down the street. Hey, hey. With Spider-Verse, like they open up the idea of all these different dimensions in Spider-Man's, but it's also done in animation. And I, I don't I don't really see that working well if you start bringing in live action stuff. Well, yes, I agree. So But they do say at the end of Venom, it does say meanwhile in another dimension, which means technically Venom is part of the multiverse. Yeah. I just I hmm. I I, uh, I don't know. I know. No one wants that. No yeah, one wants no, that no at one, all. That's the thing. No one wants it. Like, I mean, the less said and done with Venom, the better. Because it was just so bad. And I'm not really interested in uh, fucking Woody Harrelson and his weird-ass wig. Um, and I was I was having a conversation with a guy last night about Carnage. And he was, he was upset because his his actor, he was, he'd been wanting for a long time, was... Um, Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Oh, John C. McGinley? Yes. Because mm. he, he has that look. He does, yeah. And he's got that, got that long face. That edge, that abrasiveness. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he could be good. I guess Woody Harrelson's just a bigger draw. Yeah. And his weird-ass funky wig. But I don't know. So, I mean, it's good that Spider-Man's supposed to stay in the MCU. I think what's going to happen now is that Sony's going to start like getting some balls and pushing back a little bit and trying to force connection points between their Spider-Man stuff and the MCU. So we'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not a fight they're going to win. No, you can't win anything against Disney anymore. No. like, And that's the thing is that, you know, Marvel proved they could be successful without their big hitters from the beginning. They're about ready to get more of them back. Mm-hmm. So all they have to do is just like, no, we, we've like set it up so that we've had a closing out arc with Peter Parker. We're done with Spider-Man. We've got the X-Men now. We've got a shitload of other heroes. No one's done a Silver Surfer movie yet. Yep. We're good. Thanks, bud. Yeah. You guys, you guys. Bye-bye now. You still have Namor if you want to yeah. play with that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you can play with Namor. Go, go have fun with Namor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got She-Hulk. I think it's still, I think Universal. Universal has all Hulk-related properties. So you can't do a solo Hulk movie or unless She-Hulk it goes movie. to Universal. Yeah, any, anyone in the, in the family. Yeah. I think, I think She-Hulk would make for a great TV show, actually. Oh, for sure. So, but I don't know if that could happen on Disney Plus or not. Only time will tell. I, I still want her to be part of Daredevil. Well, sorry. I, I want, that's, that's not yeah. happening now. Sorry, that's true. So. So I want them, I want a, a whole lawyer episode. <laughs> that's Dead in the Water. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it'd be so good. I think She-Hulk has even represented Matt Murdock in the comics before. I believe so. In like a court case. Yeah. Yeah. She'd be so good. If, if only. Mm-hmm. These are the things we can dream for and have never come true. You know, but that's what dreams are for. Yes, that is. Um, you know what else dreams are for? Hmm. Not thinking about how bad Batman Beyond was this week. <laughs> it was an interesting <laughs> episode. It, it, I, I had some, some interesting thoughts about this. I, uh, okay. Because you, you continue to bring up, and I know we're going to get it at some point, but you continue to bring up that we're going to get an episode focusing on Terry's past as a delinquent. Yeah, I and thought this we... episode sets up to feel like this was going to be the episode. So I got excited. I, I thought I feel like there's an episode we get a little more into it. There has to be. I feel like there's an episode where he has to like confront 
someone who was involved in like an incident or something like that. I can't, I can't quite remember. It's been a while. Um, but it's like, it, I think my problem with this episode, the it, last, it's, it's called the, the last resort. The last yes. resort. Yeah. Which the whole idea is basically that it's the um, last of the casino resorts that, that are popping yes. up around Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce is mortified that all of, all of his, you know, retirement places are, are closing down. He doesn't know all what to his, do with his all time. All his retirement home. Yeah. Mm. There's a mass exodus of all of the retirees. They're, yeah, they're so, leaving so, their comfort of their homes and so going Terry, and, yeah. and, and losing their teeth. Terry Quite finds literally. This, Terry finds this embezzlement problem going on with the, <laughs> with the resorts. Um, and, you know, he, he's trying to not really go behind Bruce's back, but he it's, it's almost a surprise for Bruce. Yeah, like a gift. Like, hey, look what I did. I brought all of your retirees back home. Exactly. The Last Resort. Great episode. Was it wasn't like a video game or something called The Last Resort? Um, was it that zombie game? Not Left 4 Dead, which were great games. The Last of Us? No. But there, do you remember there's a trailer a few years ago that was like, it was a video game trailer and it was basically done in reverse. And so it's like a guy is getting attacked by a little girl who looks like a zombie. And like they're falling out of a window or something like that. And then it's slowly rewinding. And we're seeing that the little girl was on a vacation with her family at this resort. And she's like, they're like a virus breaks out and they'll turn into zombies. It's a really clever trailer. I don't remember anything about the game, though. I thought that was called The Last Resort. Um, there is a TV show. Which one was called that? Called The Last Resort. Is that a spinoff of Fantasy Island? Potentially. Um, <laughs> With just Hervé Velichez? There was a different game called Last Resort that came out in 19, 1992. Well, that's clearly what I'm thinking of. Yes. It, it looks exactly what you just explained. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. I wish I knew enough Maybe about it was video like, to talk about that. Maybe it was like Zombie Island or something like that. I know that's Scooby-Doo. Um, but no, so the whole concept here is basically that a clinic has opened up by this guy, uh, Dr. David Wheeler. And so troubled kids or troublesome kids are sent to this place for correction. Mm -hmm. And I, I get what they're trying to do. They're kind of trying to tell a story about what to do with like problematic kids. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it, it's a really interesting episode. They just didn't handle well. I think it, it's a thought that could be really interesting because Every generation above tries to explain why the generation below is different. Yeah. And they usually fo clearly focus on the negatives of different. Yes. Like the fact that we are killing like every industry in the world. Yes. We're killing Applebee's. Uh, yeah. How dare we? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the, the last big one was um, the fight for video games. You know, in in nine in the early '90s, there was a, a huge court case oh, trying yeah. to censor video games because of Mortal Kombat, uh, and, and there was another game that I, that's slipping my mind right now. But Mortal Kombat is, is kind of the, yeah, the most exactly. popular of those. Video games cause violence, mm -hmm. sort of bullshit. Yeah, but, and it's because you had that. You had the, the obviously the comic code argument of the '60s of like, yeah, comics are the reason kids are crazy. Yeah, comics are turning kids queer. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and I think it, I think it could have been a really interesting topic where they, they kind of find a new thing of the future and yeah. like well, kids are crazy because of, I mean, Fortnite is another big one that, uh, there, there are, there was a little, I, there was a story literally this week really? about, yeah, uh, about a guy opening a camp to teach kids how to like enjoy life outside of their technology, mm. uh, mainly focusing on Fortnite and, you know, Fortnite addiction and. 
you know, like I as as someone who has dealt with video game addiction his yeah. whole life, I get the where they think they're coming from. Yeah. But it's 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 not it's it's well, it's different. Because that's the thing, is like, you know, they did an episode about video game addiction, mm-hmm. with the VR thing. They they've kind of tackled that topic of the need to But escape. that was from a different angle. This is that was how kids handle addiction. Yeah. This would be how oh, parents okay, right. see addiction. That's a good point. And like I think but I think this would have been a more interesting story if it actually focused on personal relationships. I mean, yeah, so you know, kind of the the crux of a lot of it is that Terry's friend Chelsea, who is like mostly a pretty good kid, but she just has like a lot of problems with her dad. She's got or some whatever. daddy issues. She got some dad issues. Like she like sends off like a just semi like slightly obnoxious email to the principal mm-hmm. who then seems to know her dad's number by heart because he dials it into his phone and calls him. Yeah. And so Chelsea goes to this place and then Terry goes and realizes that it's like a full on prison, like the brainwashing kids. Like there's definitely elements of like 1984 in there, like the massive screen, the doctor yelling at the kids. But what doesn't work here is that it's so obviously a fucking prison. Yeah. Like they're literally in orange jumpsuits. There's like, mm, no, the girls are in dresses. Cause I didn't understand that. Wait, no, I thought she was in, I thought she was in pants. Oh no, she's no. in a skirt. She's in a, it's a, it's just a dress. Is all it? the girls are just in dress because you, you only see her first and then just all the guys. Yeah. And I'm like, did they just not give her pants? <laughs> and then it's not till like the end of that scene. You see other girls in there. I'm like, Oh, okay. okay that's just the women's uniform. That's just how is, they is still a dress. Fashion still very sexist in 2049, 2039. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so obviously like a prison, like it, the styling even looks like Arkham. Like yeah. very like big open. I don't know what prisons have these like massive like three story open atriums where everyone just hangs out, but like that's in there. They're all in jumpsuits or dresses. They're hanging on the jump couch. Dresses. Jump dresses. Thank you. Um, and it's just like no person would go there to drop off their kid and go. Oh, this seems like a really happy, positive place. Like it's obviously a fucking prison, mm-hmm. and I just think that makes the whole thing feel so preposterous that it undercuts what meaning they were trying to put in there a little bit. Yes. I, yeah, they, they definitely blew it a little out of proportion, but I think it's also, I'm going to get a little topical for a minute. Woo! Yeah, you know me, bringing the fire. Uh, 20 years ago when this episode came out, uh, you still kind of had that, we've had a, a shift in, in teacher-parent trust, I feel like, and I feel like, okay. I, I don't know how it, how it relates like, further back. Like, you think that, people now are less trusting of teachers like parents are less trusting of teachers or people are less likely to be like oh your teacher said it so it must be true yes they're they're less like that but it there was there was a a a great comic from a few years ago that was like you know 1990 kid has bad grades parent goes into teacher's office being like why is my kid doing so bad yeah and it's like 2015 kid gets bad grade parent goes into teacher's office like why are you doing this to my kid? Oh, okay. It, it's like it's like the teacher's fault. Yes, yeah. Mm. It, it's kind of we're in kind of this well, phase where a lot, from what I understand, people blame teachers more. So well, the no point I'm trying to make to take responsibility for their own actions. That's true. Not not for my perfect baby. No. That's for sure. He has done nothing wrong. How dare you accuse him of failing this test? Never. This test on facts. His opinions are just as important as your facts. Yeah. We don't need facts. This is a post-fact world. I, to, to go on a quick tangent, uh, in high school, in one of my, real, in one of my theology classes, uh, we were graded on meditation. 
Sorry, what now? Yes. Uh, every Friday we had to meditate and then and then kind of write about what what like kind of what our mind was going through. Uh, and I was not doing well in that. Uh, and so my mom had to come in and talk to the teacher. I'm sure she loves this story. Oh, my uh, God. Miss, Miss McClellan. And my mom had to ask, like, how are you failing him on meditating? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking meditating? Yep. It was really? Great. Mm-hmm. Every Friday. It was, it was when kind of every kid mastered the the hide your headphones like through your shirt oh okay and, hands, and just kind of like, yeah and i like, kind of threw like, yeah what what was going through your head your head when you were supposed to be meditating uh usually lunch because it was right before lunch Ooh, that's rough uh usually i was sleeping most of it <laughs> um and, and they they made very strict rules to make sure we wouldn't sleep okay and so like uh you had to you couldn't uh rest your head after a while okay so you couldn't put your head on the desk or you couldn't Put your hands. You couldn't put your elbows on your desk and your hands on your hand or yeah. your head on your hands. Uh, in the in the typical prayer position. Yes. Uh, you weren't allowed to do that. You had to sit up in your chair. The most relaxed way one could possibly sit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it was. I honestly don't remember. That's such a bizarre, wasn't it? Such a bizarre idea. Like, honestly, that actually would have been a more interesting way to approach this story. Like, rather than making it. Um, a prison if they had made it seem very like happy-go-lucky hippy-dippy and then the kids were getting brainwashed to mm-hmm. change their behavior that would have been I think maybe more plausible well you know they did that in Fairly Odd Parents this sounds vaguely familiar uh let me go back to the point I was trying to make okay yes what I was trying to say was back when this episode came out if a teacher said something was wrong with your kid you would try and fix it. Yeah, you just kind of take it at face value. And so I, I honestly thought, even though we didn't see the the principal, I thought the principal was in it with. I thought so the, too. With him, because it was kind of like a, like you know, if for every kid you send us, I'll give you a cut. Yeah. So if you continue to find flaws in your students, then you know I think that would have been a really interesting kind of shady dynamic. Yeah. Of like it's not just you know it's it's the whole education's problem, not just parents' problem. Yeah, I, I feel like there need to be more going on here. Mm-hmm. It just all felt very superficial. And what I thought was so weird was that his mom wasn't involved in this at all. Like, yeah, I, I, well, they they kind of even point that out. Of like, is is anyone coming for him? <laughs> like, no. Yeah, it, it's just. Like and I, I get that at this point in the show, I think they're trying to um, expand the the scope of the characters and I think bring in more female characters. That's why this episode hangs a lot on Chelsea, and mm-hmm. we actually have a, a, a note from a friend about that later on. We'll get to. Oh, cool. Um, but so I, I mean, I guess it's nice that it's not just another story about Terry, but it seems like a really obvious place to start is with him, and if this were really about his mom not trusting him yeah i think it would have been much more compelling or especially if it was or even about um just bump the microphone here even about the that kid i can't remember the guy's name like the guy who's uh run has the house who, party no who hijacks oh that would have been good watts. No, I, not way watts but no the guy in this episode who hijacks the the van oh, in the beginning yeah, yeah. like the i can't remember what the, the kid's name is but uh like, sean yeah sure like the asshole like it would have been much more interesting Sean's an asshole name it, it is an asshole name 
It is Sean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was much more interesting if it was about Terry trying to save his friend. Because they kind of make, they, they put a bit of a, a, a pin at the end there where Bruce shows up at the, the hospital after everything's done. He's like, oh yeah, I didn't hear from you, so I thought I should just casually stroll over here and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And because at the end, Sean still tries to kill Sean's Dr. Still Wheeler. still crazy. Yeah. He's still crazy, still tries to kill Dr. Wheeler. And so it's like, it's this sort of weird tragic moment at the end of like, oh, you can't save them all. Like some kids are still just troubled. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Terry should have been actively trying to save him. Like if the whole episode had been like, oh, this is a guy I used to be a friend of mine. We used to be super close, but he's just gone this dark path. He's like hijacking stuff. I need to go out there. Like I'm a hero. I need to try and save him. Um, I think that would have been a more interesting story and i think it would have had a bit of a better message too it's like you know you you always want to try like you always should try and help people but you know sometimes they have to help themselves like you can only do Mm -hmm. so much yeah i think they would a big thing they could have done like obviously i enjoy fight sequences but i think would have been so much honestly i think would have been really visually fun and kind of better for story beats if when sean confronts terry terry just dodges yeah. And he he just has to like he has to try and talk him down while Sean's trying to, you know, beat him up. Yeah. And it I'm kind of tired of Terry always just immediately resorting to violence. Yeah. And, and I mean that's kind of his his go-to place, but at this point he's been Batman long enough that we see its effect on him that mm-hmm. it has kind of calmed him down a little bit. I mean, what uh eyewitness is kind of all about that. Yeah. So I thought it would be much more interesting to see him exactly said he he's dodging he's doing what he can to avoid being violent and then have his mommy make a comment of being like you know like sean's kind of how you were like you guys have swapped places like when you were troublesome and you were problematic and you're going to juvie like sean was this kind of normal guy and now it's it's changed a lot and like it's a way to like address kind of empathy and hypocrisy and be like that was you. Yeah. And you you found a way to change. Character growth. Character growth. Yeah, you did it. They happened. That would have been, I don't know, more impactful, more powerful. Mm-hmm. I was just groaning through this whole thing. Yeah. Plus, there's just a lot of really dumb moments in here, too. I'm mostly looking at that weird-ass hover chair that Vincent, the security guard, flies around in. I, I did I did write. I said, wow, that's pretty heavy artillery for a kid's correction facility. Right? They had, like, every guard had fucking... La- one, they had so many guards. So many and guards. all of them had, had uh, laser guns. Yes, again, no one stops and think about that. Like, this is weird. Why am I sending my kid to a place where there's a bunch of armed guards walking around? Mm-hmm. Note, having guns at a school is a bad thing. Hey, you know, not not in, not in 2000. But, yeah, it, it just, the whole thing was weird. They had the weird hover chair, and the thing's got a lot of firepower on it. Mm-hmm. And also, okay, so, so, oh, sorry, continue. why does Terry not just go invisible all the time when he's trying to break into a place? I know, I know. Because he does. He does go invisible at one point. Like, why didn't you do that from the start? Yeah. Do you think it, uh, think it burns the battery faster? I guess it might. He seems got to charge that suit every night. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. Like, it's the the battery cells can only take so much invisibility. Mm-hmm. Like that would. Like, can they just put that line in there somewhere so we have a reason why he's not always just invisible? I want to see like the low battery mode for the suit. Yeah. He's like, shit, I'm at twenty percent. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll do low battery. He flies a little slower. It's like, fuck, do I? His, his, his invisibility or I send text messages yeah, like, his, uh, his reception with Bruce gets a little more shaky yeah. I'm expecting a call soon I don't want to die oh shit oh god 
turn it to vibrate, turn it to do not disturb. <laughs> do the suit. Gotta close all yeah. these apps in the suit. So I gotta gotta close Batarang, gotta close Fuck, I left Instagram open and drained so much of my battery. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he just doesn't do I, that. I left up Clash of Clans and my battery went from 20 to 9% <laughs> in a second. But yeah, it's like, why does he go invisible? Or they don't, like, I, I also don't believe the reasoning for not just sending this to Barbara. Because, so Batman, as Batman, Terry goes and records audio of Wheeler belittling these kids and make them stay up super late and just capturing the, the horror of all of it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, just send the audio to the authorities. And Bruce's like, oh, how do I say I got it from? Like, a who, bat. Like a bat. And like, send it to Barbara. Yeah, you know someone on the inside. Like, send it to Barbara and then have her just walk into the front door and use her eyes and common sense to see this place is horrible and children shouldn't be there. Yes. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. Done. So uh, so let, let's go back to our classic segment of how do you fix this? Okay. Uh, we, we, we've thrown out a few ideas, but yes. let's, let's scrap it. Let's keep the, the basic beat of a correction facility for teenagers. Okay. Uh you so you wanted to focus on terry i kind of what you've mentioned before i think it does need to focus more on terry okay Mm -hmm. i I think here's i think here's what you do i think you don't make it a a villainous plot i think you make the the facility sincere Mm -hmm. right and i think you hang the whole thing on the communication breakdowns between Terry and his mom, because one of the big problems that Terry has is there's a lot about his life. He can't tell people. And we had a bit of this with like the slappers episode where he's trying Mm -hmm. to do the right thing, but he can't tell his mom about it. So I think I'm holding him for a friend. Yeah, exactly. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. I've heard that before. I used to smoke dope in high school. Says says his mom. Yeah. No, I got it. Yeah. Um, I didn't do shit in high school. Super boring. Still am. I I was was trying to think of the, uh, the family guy episode where Meg, uh, had, no, Chris has the frog in his backpack. Oh, and all the yeah. Kids are, are licking toads. Are licking toads. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Terry's mom feels like they're not communicating. He's up to these weird things. He's out late. He's always tired. She's just like, I just, I, there's something going on here and you're not telling me about it. Your grades are slipping. Like you're, you know, and maybe he just like, he has a really bad night out on patrol and he's frustrated. And then he like, he snaps at his mom or he snaps at Matt and she's like, you're always so moody and difficult. Like I'm worried that you're slipping back into old habits. I think mm-hmm. you need to go to this place and like talk to somebody ooh, ooh, ooh. here. And so instead of going with the, the kind of story beat we've already had before of her not trusting him. Yeah. What if instead she overhears him talking to Max? Okay. And they're talking about his patrol from the night before <clears throat> where he's like, yeah, I mean, there was this guy, he had a gun I had to knock him out, and it was yeah. over on this bad part of town. Yeah. And then she tries to confront him about that. Oh. then that's much harder to explain. Yeah, okay, that's right. He can't, yeah. It's um, just like, okay, you're, you're just causing, you're up to, up to trouble again, you got to go to this place. Mm-hmm. And then. Like, I'm not going to send you to juvie. Yeah. Like, I, if, you, if you do one more thing, I'm going to have to send you to juvie, and I don't want to do that. So there's this facility that just opened. Mr. Wayne will understand. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to send you here for a few days just so you can calm down. And I think then once he gets there, it has to hang on. I think the whole thing should be about a failure to communicate. And the, the problem is not the problem is that no one's listening to the kids. Mm-hmm. They're just yelling at them. And so maybe you keep some of this 
like more extreme stuff in there. I think you like cut way back on the crazy armed guards and that sort of stuff. And maybe like it seems like we were saying, it seems nice ish, but you know the reality is it's just basically them just berating children, trying to tell them like you're terrible kids, you're doing it all wrong. And then he's like, and that's kind of where the villainous sort of thing comes in. He has to fight against that, and then you know he has to go to his mom. He's like, you shouldn't be yelling at me. You shouldn't be telling me what to do. You should be listening to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. So I would change it. What about you? I I like all of those things, and I feel like that that works uh, for people our age. Yes. because we're at that suppose that's true yes because we're adults ish yeah in air quotes yeah um i feel like when you're making it a kid's cartoon you can't it's hard to have parents be wrong in a kid's cartoon because that doesn't give a great message i mean but the mom was wrong in the slappers episode that's true but she was fairly sincere about but it she, i guess she was trying to be uh, yeah she was right but she was wrong mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, when you have a kids' cartoon, especially at this, t- at, you know, back back in the day, um, you you do ha- kind of have to have this. You know, parents are still the ultimate authority, even if Terry is a teenager. Yeah, he can't kind of back talk and be right. Okay, because back talking is bad. Yeah, never talk back to your parents. Never question them. That's right, kids. Um, Just do what they say always. Yeah, <clears throat> don't have your own independent thoughts. Um, so I, I would love to see that episode. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just feel like marketing it towards kids. I'm trying to think how I would, how I would handle this. Um, I think it would have been fun to just follow Chelsea through the whole thing. Mm. Um, where instead of, op- yeah. yeah. So just get rid of the bully altogether. Get rid of Sean. Yeah. Open up, open up with Chelsea getting in a fight with her dad. Okay. So, some conflict that shows that there's tension between those two. Yeah. Um, where om- almost like the episode um, with the, the Jokers, where it's the kid oh, yeah. who's number two, and his mom is, is like, oh, well, why aren't you number one? How dare you? Yeah. So you can do something with, you know, the, the dad is either overprotective or he has too high of standards. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea finally just like, you know, goes goes off one too many times. Mm-hmm. And so then he's like, you know what? I can't I can't handle this. Yeah. Clearly, if you don't like my rules, go to this place. They they said they can fix you. Yeah, they'll sort you out. And then it's just um, then you can go through the same beats of like she's been gone a few days and you can still do it. It's on the pot. It looks like a positive thing out front Mm -hmm. where she tells dana and terry she's going there and then they lose connection they immediately like they go to visit her Yeah, like that um and then she's just gone and like oh she didn't want to see you and then that's the like okay this is weird because chelsea always wants to see us she's a friend and then you can kind of go into the detective side again Mm -hmm. i don't know how you would get terry inside without the 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 weirdness again oh no 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 and at that point don't because this is what i thought he was going to do i thought he was going to go and ask his mom to send him there or do something to force himself in oh not go as a visitor yeah because that's that that's the very prison-like side of it is like visiting hours Mm, no fuck that terry gets himself in to see what it's like to see what's going on with chelsea and then you see the brainwashing then you see um, don't make it an isolation chamber. Make it like an actual no, because then that's too close to to Spellbinder. Um, like a hypnotism thing, or yeah, a, a VR. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you're on the right track, though. Yeah, I don't know how to end it. 
oh, differently because then I mean, you then you still need Batman to beat someone up. I mean, you can still have that. You can still have like, you know, the guys be evil and be bad, mm-hmm. but just like, I don't know, just put some more meaning and significance behind what gets people there in the first place. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think have a slightly better message mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, because I, I I think that the the message of like talk to your kids is better than well you can't save everybody it could be the guy who runs this place was like the former uh it could be like a like breakout was that the villain in lock up lock up mm, it could be like him yeah. where it's like a former guard at arkham starts this new facility for teens and it's basically like i'm going to keep you off the streets before you get a chance to turn into the worst yeah so like i already don't trust you i already don't believe you I've done uh, like a systematic scan of qualities of Arkham mates and, you know, attached it to high schools. Yeah. And you were problem students. You were problem students. You were problem students. There's no chance for you to reform. And make the it bin. A, yeah. And then make it a, 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 a ref, reformation. Is that a word? A reclamation? No. No. Okay. An episode about reform. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, and then you can bring in the, the beat with Terry. Like, yeah. I used to be a delinquent. Yeah, I'm look at me at, now. now. I'm better now. Now, now I kill people in a mask instead of beat them up without one. <laughs> Such a big improvement. Yeah, yeah. I think it. It just. It. I don't know. For me, it was pretty flat. Mm-hmm. I did not really much care for it. Yeah. Um. But I have to say though, it was better than Titans. It was. Oh, sorry. One last note about the episode is Terry brings the bat suit in his backpack. Oh, I know. And just hands it off to the villain. It's like, dude, a little bit more like. At least, like, I don't. I'm sure he can turn the invisibility on without him being in the suit. Yeah. But at least do that. Yeah. Uh, like, I have like a secret compartment inside your backpack or something like that. But yeah. It's like literally just carrying around a, a backpack with a bat suit in it, kind of the dead giveaway. Mm hmm. Come on, you can do better than that, man. Yeah. At least he wasn't wearing it under his clothes. I mean, that's the go to, though. That is the go to. Yeah, but he can't really wear uh, the bat suit under those sweet black T necks. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm those shirts. Yeah. I like that shirt. Well, so what do you... If you're Superman and it's a breezy day, like, what if someone is just like, you know, when someone's standing next to you and you have the the body shape of him, there's the little holes between your buttons, right? Yeah. Do he, Like, how does he handle that? He always stands... Is it always perfectly form-fitting? He always stands on people's... Lefts or right. right. He always stands yeah, on so. their right, so they can't see into the gapping. Okay. Mm-hmm. Smart. Yep. Mm-hmm. I guess he does wear a blazer sometimes, since so that that could. Yeah. Most of the time, he's wearing a full suit. Yes. Okay. So, and he's very buttoned up, so it's just like it's all up to the top. And mm-hmm. Cuffs are all the way down. He's good to go. Yeah. No one can tell. That's true. Yeah. No one can just like brush past him and not go. Oh, it. It feels like you have like a really hard plastic S emblem on your chest. Yeah. There. <laughs> it's, huh. it's just like always bulging a little bit out yeah just it's just pressed a little bit out there it's like he wears a pretty tight shirt it's just like mm, mm-hmm. that's weird why do you have like a diamond shaped pattern on your chest all the oh, time oh it's, it's my it's uh i usually come from the gym yeah uh it's my workout shirt i forgot my other undershirt today and so i didn't want to just go like to, i didn't want to bare chest it with this with this linen it's a little aggravating. I sweat a lot. Yeah. I sweat a lot, a lot. I'd rather keep absorbing the sweat than go through these nice button-down shirts. Exactly. I'm on a journalist pay. I can afford this beautiful apartment in the middle of Metropolis. But like not a extra penthouse, shirts. But not more shirts. I spent all the apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Problem solved. Okay. Thank, yeah. you, thank you for answering that question for me. Yes. Uh, or Terry could just keep it in a, like, 
you know, biometrically locked suitcase that is susceptible to explosions. Yeah. I don't see any problem with that. So, okay. What happened this week in Titans? Okay. So much. So I, I was feeling a little more positive about it last week because we, we both, we had issues with the episode last week, but for the most part, we, we both kind of liked yes, it. Yes. Hawk and Dove are great people. Are good characters. Good actors. Hank and Don. Hank and Don. Um, this week, oh my God. Like, I was excited, excited this week. Because where we left off in the narrative with Starfire trying to kill Rachel, like, oh, this is a super interesting point. And, like, I figure we're going to get now Starfire has all of her memories back. She's going to be a total badass. The Titans are going to have to, like, team up to try and stop her. It's going to be an action-packed episode. So much is going to happen. And none of that was true. Nope. This was the most filler episode I think we've had. Or yeah. one of the most. This whole show has been basically filler. This one especially, because they just... It even looks like the finale looks like filler. Oh, my God. I know. Because, like, they resolve the the Starfire trying to kill Rachel thing in, like, 10 seconds when Donna Troy shows up and does just some badass... Punches her once. Yeah. Badass last and punches her once. Because, again, Donna Troy is still one of the best characters of the show. I know. And still being grossly underutilized. Mm-hmm. It was like we won't even see her at all in the finale, which is a real fucking shame. Um, and so now, all of a sudden, Starfire is kind of rocky in her memories. She, like, knows who everyone is around her, but she has, like, some flashes. So she runs off. And then what I... My single favorite part of this episode, the thing I loved the most, in a very sarcastic way, was as they're driving to follow Starfire, mm-hmm. who, mind you, they're like, Dick's like, oh, let's keep a, a distance so that she doesn't see us. And then as soon as she stops, he's pulling right behind her, get out and talk to her. Yeah. Great. So... But like, keep your distance. Like, I don't understand. Like, Starfall is not a killer. Yes. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, she kills people, but she's not a killer. I, I wrote that down here. I said, sure, Dick. Okay. It's like, because it, he even acknowledged, like, yeah, she's killed people in the past, but like, doesn't make her a killer. Like, yes, it does. It literally though. does. Yeah. Like last episode or two episodes ago, like the cops are after her because she just killed a bunch of cops, and, and she's even, killing more of them. And even in this episode, the sheriff tries to resolve that, of like, and he oh, should have yeah. been a lot more pressing with it, of like, hey. There was a train explosion a few miles away. You're back for from 20 years of not being here. Are you sure you don't know anything about it? Right. There right, was a maybe? cop car in here a second ago that drove off somewhere. <sighs> it's is just, that your cop car? Okay. There's so much this episode that I'm like, what is this? I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't care when all of a sudden the the old friend who's a cop shows up. They didn't add any tension. I was just like, why are you wasting time here doing this? Yes. He was very unnecessary. It was just, he was there to finally confirm that the mom was bad, which, which we'd known the whole time. Basically. But also for me, I felt like actually did kind of come out of nowhere Mm -hmm. because they had spent so like, they'd been doing such a, uh, they'd been trying so hard to convince us that she was not bad. Yeah. Like they they, they switched on a dime. Yeah. They had spent enough time and they had done no setup for her being evil until this episode. And even then, the setup was really bizarre. It's like, I guess that house is some weird thing going on with it. Mm-hmm. But also, it affected her. Like, the light turns on. And then she's like, she answers the phone. There's no one there. It's like, well, if she's causing this or if she's aware of it, then why is she being affected by it? Well, I just assumed that was, the that was like, the base of the portal to Trigun. But then... It's, it's, he was the one. Like, he could sense Raven was so close. And that was kind of him letting her know, like, now is the time. It's kind of how oh, I interpreted it. I guess. I guess that kind of makes sense. But it's like even there's this whole weird mirror thing, which I know I, I thought like 
they were going to go into another, like into the mirror dimension. Yeah. I, I thought Rachel like was going to swap places basically with like the evil version of her. And mm-hmm. cause they, the, the opening certainly sets it up. Like it's basically like the, the upside down yes. from stranger things. Like it's this weird mirror universe and she like can travel through time and space. I guess not time, but space to mm-hmm. like go around and, and then, you know, Beast Boy looks in the mirror and sees himself all covered in blood because, you know, he's a killer now, too. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was all set up for the mom being evil, but it felt so disjointed and so disconnected. This, this episode, the way I described it in my notes was it is horror blue balls. Yes. Where yes. every shot is, is, you know, a ripoff of a horror shot. And it's all set up for this big, like, suspense jump scare moment that never comes. No. And so it's all this, like, you know, you hear the Jaws music and it just never gets past the dun dun. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just that on it loop. It builds up a little bit, but it never, it never finishes. It just, it, yeah, it didn't. Then it just ends. It just ends. And also now I'm super confused what the mom was doing in that asylum for the last, like, six years or whatever. Like, so if she, if she's been in on this the whole time. Why did she give up Rachel in the first place? Why were they holding her in that asylum? Well, it, they it, they also wanted to bring on Triton. They wanted to un- Trigon. They wanted to unleash him. Mm-hmm. So why wasn't she just doing that? It, it does answer my question from a few episodes ago: Is how does she know how to get out? Because because she's the one leading them to the exit yeah. of the asylum. And so I'm like, ah, all right. I just one, assume poor writing is the answer. One to answer has here. been <laughs> one question has been answered. And now six more have emerged. Yeah, but is there, what's the what's the twist there? What's what was her reason for being there that whole time? I don't know. Like, there, there was another. They kind of focused on it a little bit, but on the wall of family photos, they kept focusing on a photo of twins. Yeah, which they're saying. And I'm like, is that the is a mom? The, is the mom the twin or is Raven the twin? Is Raven, like, because she has the two personalities, sort of? Is that supposed to be twins? I, I don't know. But see, that's, again, the problem with the show. It just does things. Yeah. And it, it's it's just lazy writing. Like, great example. So Beast Boy is having, like, he's simultaneously having a crisis of consciousness as he's also, like, sick. And they're kind of related, but they're kind of not. Mm-hmm. They're, like, same symptoms, two different sources, which is clunky. Um, but also I love, he goes out to call Dick, he types the phone number into his phone and then it just calls and pops up as Dick Grayson. So it's like, we had to show that he was calling someone. So he typed in a number, even though the number was already saved in his phone rather than him just literally picking up the phone and clicking a button and then like ringing and like, Hey, it's Dick. Mm-hmm. I'm not answering right now. Bye. What like stupid shit like that. I, I think they could have, I think they, I really wish they would have handled the mom thing better. Yes. To the point of like how they could have explained it is they could have brought the mirror back in. Okay. Um it the mirror is the portal. Yeah. Um and just being in the house is so evil and toxic that it it's like tearing him out from the inside. Cuz I think what they were trying to go with is the mom just poisoned him. Yeah, with um, her garbage soup. Yes. And so instead of doing it that way, the mom explains like your power is enhanced in this room because this is where your father was. Yeah. It's out of control. You are poisoning. You are the reason beast boy is dying. So in order to counteract that, then they can like, then you have a better argument of like, 
you, no matter how far you go, your evil side has, you know, has implanted itself in him. Yeah. The only cure, not a hospital for some reason from this poison, the only cure for him. And instead of being blood, it could be like the demon yeah. stuff coming out of him. The only cure is to bring your father back. Because like, even then, it's it's such an obvious and clunky twist. And she's like, oh, now we need to bring your father in. And everyone's like, well, I thought we weren't supposed to do that. But uh, okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I the guess whole I'll... point of this, that dad is bad. Yeah, it's like they it's like they realize the last minute, oh, we have to do this. And then, of course, when he does get there, it was like the most Smallville-esque thing ever. It's just some guy in a black trench coat. Oh, yeah. I was like, make him look like fucking Trigon. Like, really lean into it. Do, like, they're, they're bold in all the wrong ways. Mm-hmm. And, like, actually do something cool with that. But it was just so weird. And or at then, least show us a glimpse of his true form. Yeah. Or, like, as you, as he's being pulled out of the mirror, you do see kind of, like, the fiery red hand come yeah, out. Yeah, and the eyes and the mm-hmm. horns. And, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, we see that image heading towards the mirror. And then when it when, when actually steps out as a person, you're like, oh, yeah. this is not what I was expecting. And then it could still be not, like, you know, 95% done transformation. So you do see him, like, get out with the six eyes. Yeah. Um, And then... And then kind of the horns sink in. And then he's, you know, once he's entered or once he's back on Earth, then he's, you know, it's daddy. Yeah. It's uh, like that all was so dumb. And then they go, I guess Starfire's spaceship is hiding in a warehouse that's just like miles away from so we, we finally, the mom's house in Ohio. We, we finally learned that Starfire is an alien. We have finally get confirmation. Yes. Because that wasn't fucking obvious. And we go inside our ship. And then, so here's what also is throwing me. So we keep seeing what I think are flashbacks to when she's wearing like a black jumpsuit and her necklace. And then as they're driving back to the mom's house, she says she's looking through Donna's stuff and she pulls out that same outfit basically and puts it back on. Why? Why didn't she just change in the spaceship? Also, how did she change out of like that dress into like a black jumpsuit in the back of a moving car. I think she just put it on top of the the dress. That no, that's not how clothing works. You, you, you don't, can't. You don't, you you don't can't, understand alien you clothing, can't Chris. Put skinned, but it's not alien clothing. It's Thanagarian. No, it's not even Thanagarian. That's alien. It's um, Themyscirin. Yeah, it's probably just normal shit actually, because Dawn is so far gone from that at this point. Mm-hmm. But you cannot put skin tight pants on over a dress, <laughs> a big billowy dress. I, I don't think say, you wear. I, was, enough, I don't think you wear enough dresses, Chris. No, not near enough. Still haven't done drag. It's on my list of things to do. It's, oh. Okay, I have another nitpick. There's a lot of nitpicks here. Is it that Beast Boy can still only fucking turn into a tiger? Well, he didn't even turn into a tiger in this one. Because I'm so angry. No, it's not that. I'm so angry about that. No, it's why has I'm not hungry become the shorthand for I have a problem going on? It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you're upset about something? Yeah, I just don't, I'm not hungry. I just don't want to eat. What is that ever a thing? When you're upset, do you not want to eat food, Cameron? I always want to eat food. Yes, same. Yeah. Yeah, unless I'm hungover, like today, then I don't want to eat food. But if I'm like upset, goddamn right, I'm gonna eat food. I'm gonna yeah. go eat some fucking junk food. I'm gonna have a burger and a milkshake, yeah, like a normal called, person it's does. Stress eating. Yeah, that's what people do when they're upset. They eat. Yes, especially teenagers. Yes, it's almost like these people don't understand teenagers. It's almost like they don't understand how, anything. How dare they not understand the teenage mind? <sighs> I just, oh, it's just. It's just a dude. I'm, I'm looking through my notes here. They're all. It's a lot of questions. Like, why is this so dumb? Basically, one of my notes is literally, "Who cares?" <laughs> just who fucking cares? Um, oh, here's one of my things. So the car dies. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Donna can fly. Corey uh, can fly. She doesn't know she can fly yet, but she Starfire can We don't fly. know if Donna can fly in this. She can leap. She's very fast. They're both yeah. super strong. Fucking leave Dick and go go ahead of him. But the whole show has to hang on him. I know it does. Which is like, and then, oh my God. So it's all, all garbage. And then I was legitimately shocked when the credits rolled on this one it's like oh that's where we're stopping like this is the first time i was really upset with where they chose to end it mm-hmm. it's so dumb like they get there like oh my god the house has vanished dick runs through but oh no donna and starfire can't because can't get in because of course the two people who actually have powers and could get shit done can't be part of this yeah and then should we jump forward and talk about the teaser for next week uh no let's let's talk about what we think is going to happen before the teaser because before i saw the trailer my thoughts were Hawk and Dove and okay. Jason are all going to team up. Are all going to sh- that's true. Okay, yeah. Where I thought it was going was they're all going to show up at the house mm-hmm. and there's going to be a big confrontation and like Trigon's going to be at his full power cuz Raven's there and she's the only one who could defeat him and like it was all going to be stuff we've kind of seen before but just done in a slightly weird way, but at least would have had all the characters we like back. Yes. That's not what's going to happen apparently. Doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. Um cuz I always thought the teaser played at the end. It didn't for me. And me either. So I'd go look it up. Holy shit it's a completely different show one a much more interesting show well and by because basically what happens in the teaser we see that uh batman has gone full on psycho and is murdering all the villains it is Mm -hmm. a full-on villain himself and now dick grayson's the only one who can take him down and like they're raiding wayne manor and he's like in a police van not actually confronting batman but he's like on the comms that sort of thing and we see trigon as a person like saying like oh commissioner gordon's dead and we see starfire not looking like starfire in there so it's like oh okay this is all clearly some weird nightmare sequence some weird sex dream yes exactly and so the whole finale of this show is gonna hang on something that's not even goddamn real mm-hmm. like yeah because uh, best case scenario it's only going to be a temporary dream sequence but if that's the case, then why the fuck is that the thing you're advertising for your goddamn season finale? Because I think the whole episode's going to be that dream sequence. You think this is going to be more of like a mid-season finale? I think that's what oh, they're kind of going they're gonna, Like they're setting it up like he gets out of he gets out of this dream sequence or whatever. Like he finally has confronted his issues with Bruce and all of a sudden they're now still in this house with this demon. Mm-hmm. And then like break season two. I think he's going to confront He's finally going to confront his demon and then Trigon's going to kill him. I think they're going to... Trigon's going to kill Dick? Yes. Um, what? Because he says at the very end, we need to break the boy. We need, Sorry, we need to break her. Yeah. And so I think the way he's going to do that is, um, you know, she's going to have to watch Dick die. And, we're gonna and, that's gonna be... and then she's going to heal him? Oh, she's yep. going to heal him. Yep. And then she's going to find her own inner strength. Yep. Oh, fucking And then hey. she's going to learn that... Emo- I just want her to fucking realize that emotions are the thing that that drive her... That control her power. I know. Because that's such a fucking good episode of Teen Titans. I know. Because um, it's always when she's distraught is when she can't control her inner self. It's just... And, yeah, I think they're going to kill Dick, have that be the mid-season break, if this is treated like a mid-season that's going to be the mid-season break, is Raven's going to lose control. Yeah. And the whole, kind of the whole, you know, town, house, city is just going to be covered in darkness. You know what? And then it's going to, and then it's going to end. And then that's when, no, we're going to see whole city start to go black. 
Yeah, and then, um, and then cut to black. And then cut to no, and then we're gonna see the car with Hawk and Dove and Jason in it. Oh, hey. They're gonna get out and look up at the sky. It's like something's going on with Rachel. Or they're gonna get out and go Rachel. <gasps> um, and then you're, we're gonna cut to to um, Donna and Starfire, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're like, what's going on with Rachel? And I then, don't know. Uh, and then we're gonna, uh, I don't know, we're gonna see someone else. I don't know. They, it has to be in threes. It, but the thing is, you're absolutely right. Cause it's gonna come back to the dad. What, it's what, gonna yeah. to try again. He's just gonna be smiling, and then it's gonna cut to black. What you just described sounds like a bad version of the Netflix model, which is exactly what they've done with this show. Mm-hmm. They've basically t- taken all the things that the Marvel Netflix shows just didn't do great and done it worse. Yes. It's gonna cut to the four kids from Stranger Things being like, <sighs> what's going on? And then I, it's gonna cut to black. I uh, I regret making us watch this <laughs> i finally have i finally have reached that point mm-hmm. i was the lone holdout on this i was like no you it's were. fine I was, i've it's been the fine. one for a while I've, being I've like been, this i've been is liking so it it's been fine it's so 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 bad at this point i'm just excited like, i'm excited for the last episode just because it's the last episode and yes. i can finally close the book on this <sighs> I, I don't see and then open the book on young justice <sighs> don't see myself come back for season two on this uh Unfortunately. Um, okay. Any other thoughts or should we uh, mosey oh, on? I, I have one more quick point. Um, okay. I really enjoy uh, Beast Boy nerding out over the other sidekicks. That is fun. It's so adorable. That actually is really, mm-hmm. really sweet. Yeah. Because he's, he's kind of the only one that knows who everyone is. Yeah. He's like, the lasso. <gasps> You're Wonder Girl. She's Wonder Girl. She's Wonder Girl. Oh my gosh. Can I, I, I wanted, I wanted to be like, can I play with the lasso? Yeah. If He's I, like, uh, make me tell the truth. Make me tell the truth. Yeah, right. I mean, look how much more fun it would be if the show let itself be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Instead, you know, we got to see him deal with murder. Yeah. Be confronted with the murder of some random dude and just vomit up a bunch of blood. Yeah. <sighs> God damn it. All right. Well, one more. It's one more week, and then we're I done. One with more. It, Chris. I think. Thank God. I cannot wait to be over with this. Mm-hmm. Um. We do have uh, some notes from friends this week. Nothing to do with Titans. Oh, good. Thankfully. Uh, But we actually have a a question from good old Paul Hill. And he was wondering, after we posted the uh, episodes, or episode last week, if we um, hate Max on Batman Beyond as much as the writers did. I guess she was a character forced on the creators by the network who wanted more equal female presence in the series. Do you hate Max? What's your feeling on Max? I, as a I did in that one episode. I, I was very yeah. harsh on her last week. But I think it was not a good episode for her. Right. And it, it's kind of it, it's always kind of been the problem with with um not Lana. Um Lois. Lois. Oh Lois, Lois. sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um well, I kind of just don't know how to like they don't really know how to handle women empowerment. They see no. it as they see it as more of like women saying they can do it and then not doing it. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> whenever they have a female character driving the plot, it often involves them being in distress mm-hmm. or them being wrong. Um, and it's not about them ever being right or empowered or in charge or their own legitimate driving force. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting twist they could have done on the episode of this week. Instead of Chelsea being sent off, Terry is sent off without being able to tell Bruce or his mom. Like, yeah. It's just the school sends him there because he gets in a, he's trying to protect someone. He gets a, gets in a fight. 
and then is sent to this brainwashing facility. Yeah. Then Max has to go to Bruce. And so she's she is not playing Batman, but she's she's trying to fill his role of like yeah. we have to work together. Like I can get on the inside, but I need your kind of expertise yeah. to help me through it. See, that would be much more interesting. Yeah, that would have been that, a great Max episode. That puts her in the like center of the plot. It also makes her have evolved mm-hmm. from the last time where she tried to do it on her own. She realized, like, no, this really does have to work as a team. Yes. And I'm going to make that happen by being a team player. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be much more interesting. Yeah, because I I do like her as a character. Yeah. I actually really do like her as a character. I think she does, like, from a purely expositional standpoint, she does serve a a, a good role of kind of being a sounding board for Terry. Um, Plus, I, I think she just has, like, a fun personality. I think Cree Summer does a lot to give her a lot of that personality, too, with her performance. But I think that she just often has bad episodes. Like, mm-hmm. even when this episode started, I was like, where the fuck is Dana? Right? Like, why do we never spend any time with Dana? Like, I thought Terry was on the phone with Dana. It's like, oh, no, he's on the phone with Max. Yeah, that didn't really make sense to me. No, and I think it's just... It's an issue I think we see in the um, animated universe in general kind of up until frankly like jlu even Mm -hmm. because even justice league it's still very male heavy just given the numbers yeah whereas i feel like jlu because they were kind of doing more well episode one is focused on supergirl just right Mm -hmm. out of the bat it's her episode it's her it's her being why am i not part of the team yeah Uh, it's like okay fuck you i'll make my own team i'm gonna do it yeah yeah I, i think it took them a while to figure out how to give more agency and voice to their female characters. And mm-hmm. I, I think, again, I'm going to give them credit for trying, which I always think is important. Um, you know, g- give them, if they're only 80% of the way towards the goal, give them the credit they need to be for having gotten 80%, but also like, you know, acknowledge there's 20% more to go. Yeah. So I think they're getting better, but they're just not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. But but no, it's, a, it's more succinctly answer your question, Paul. We do not hate Max. We like Max. Yes. We just hate what the writers do with her. Yes. So, um, oh, so, so quick, quick tangent. Um, there is a, a web series that I think I brought up a few times called, um, actually. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I said our good friend Hector Navarro was on an episode recently. Um, he won of course, because he's, right on. he gets paid to be a nerd. Yeah. Um, but one of the questions, I, I don't remember if it was his episode or the episode before was a Batman question. Oh really? It was a DCAU question. <gasps> um, or I guess statement for people who don't know the show on app. Um, actually it's a, uh, college humor web game show, which is so funny. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend binging it mm-hmm. on YouTube. And if you want to see the full episodes, they have it on dropout hashtag ad hashtag sponsored. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but the question, or it, they basically read a false statement in jeopardy style. You have to buzz in, and correct them by saying, um, actually, yeah. and then say the correct statement. Okay. So they had the Batman question was um, in the Justice League episode where, uh, in, in you know this episode of Justice League, Wonder Woman is turned into a pig and must be saved by Bruce, or must be saved by Batman, who has to, uh, I, think they, I think they said, um, who has to win a dance-off against oh. Enchantress. Okay. Um, and of course the answer would be, he has to sing. Yes. I'm actually, he has to, he has to sing a song for Enchantress for her to turn Wonder Woman back. And I got very happy. I'm like, I know this one. I know this one. Yay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's still one of the best episodes. It's so good. It's such a clever finale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't wait yeah. To if, if anyone needs just like a great dose of nerd content, 
Um, so actually, it's yeah. so fucking funny. I don't think I've actually seen any of it, which is the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. I could either watch it. Um, and we had a, another comment from good old Ashley Clark. So I posted on uh, Facebook an IO9 article that listed the best I saw Lois this. Lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it actually included other characters that are like basically their own version Lois of Lois Lanes. Yeah. yeah, it's like Iris West from The Flash is on there, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and unsurprisingly, Dana Delaney's Lois Lane from Superman the Animated Series was number one, mm-hmm. as she should be. I still, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue my statement from before and say that I I don't know who I would have put as number one, but I just don't think they did enough with her for her to to be number one. I I think they could have done more, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, let me reopen the the article. Because I think um, uh, Smallville was number two, right? I think she should have been number one. So I have many things to say about that. In fact, uh, let me just double check here. Uh, no, Lana. No, number, number I think two, Lana should have been is Lana number Lane. two was the Fleischer, the the actress who oh, voiced yeah. Fleischer. And number three was Margaret Kidder. Mm-hmm. Number four was someone who not actually Lois. Number five was Terry Hatcher. Number six was Erica Durant from Smallville. That's so far down. I back. agree. So I agree with you, and I agree with uh, Ashley, who said, like, hard to disagree with the list overall. Um, she loves Dana Delaney. Andrea Beaumont was a better character than the underutilized animated Lois. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. She said, and Erica Durant is my Lois Lane. She's the closest to the original comics and the arguably most fleshed out Lois. To address the author's issues, the show has her be absent for events and dismissive of Clark to explain how she doesn't pick up on his secret. It's a bone to pick with all Lois Lane, to be honest, so I don't understand why they put her lower on the list for it. 100% agree. Um, This is something you and I have talked about before. That show has the best Lois and Clark dynamic of anything ever. Absolutely. Ever. Like, that version of Lois is like ballsy and tenacious and funny mm-hmm. and incredibly charismatic. Yeah. And you, you kind of understand why she doesn't get the secret is because she honestly just doesn't care. Yeah. Like she that's has part so of it. many other things that are on her mind. Yeah. That like trying to figure out who Superman is, is like, doesn't like doesn't even cross her yeah. mind. Cause there's a lot of points where she's always wrapped up in something else. Like mm-hmm. she's not a character that I would think is wrapped up in herself. Yeah. She's just, off always doing something she's a very active character in that show and i've oh i love erica durance and I, I for me i think she's she's my favorite lois mm-hmm. um and i agree with both of you she should have been higher up on the list like margaret kidder is kind of the classic one and i haven't i think i'll revisit those movies it's been a while um but you know i mean i think she was a bit hamstrung by just the writing of the time um and she's good but i I don't think she's quite as good okay. as Erica. We we will agree to disagree on this one. No, we agree. We will agree to agree on this one. Yeah, I was like, we Sorry, agree. You threw, out, you, got, you threw out so many names without saying the franchise that they're connected to. <sighs> okay, Margaret Kidder was the super, like the Richard Donner Superman movies. Gotcha, gotcha. And then the other one was Dana Delaney, who's Superman the Animated Series. Yes. That's all I said. Well, no, then you talked about super, uh, Smallville. Which is Erica Durant's. Yes. And, and you know that. I didn't. I did not know. How did you not know? I I don't know actresses. I, I don't know. I mean, I know a handful, but not nearly. Do you, you remember? I'm pretty when, sure you said Erica Durant during I this did conversation. Not. I have not said her name once in my entire life. Oh. Um, you, guys, you remember when we, had, dealing with here. when we just tried look. to play Cineflix and it was just you playing Cineflix after a while? What's Cineflix? That's the the card game we played during the Super oh, Bowl. The, oh no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't the Super Bowl. It was during the Oscars. 
That's right. Yeah, during the yes, Oscars. Yes, during the Oscars, help you go. What's what's it's called? Cineflix. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's a it's a cool game. It, it's basically movie dominoes. Yeah, or it's like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, but yeah, In a card like, game visualized yeah. like dominoes. So you would have like a movie or a director, and you would have to put a card next to them of someone they'd worked with or a project they'd worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So if, if I put down uh, like if I'd put down Tarantino. You could put down Pulp Fiction, and I could put down Sam Jackson. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could, and you could go off and on and on. And um, this is true. You have very deep insights into animation and many things. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of animation creators too. But I will acknowledge that I have a pretty thorough knowledge of actors and directors and and producers and, 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 and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to musicians and shamelessly refer to myself as the walking IMDb, which I have been called before in the that's past. That's fine. I I am usually referred to as the disney encyclopedia at work i think that's absolutely true and i think that's very fair Mm -hmm. very very fair but yes no we're all in agreement you me ashley that erica durant's best lois lane smallville smallville yes i agree (laughs) quickly he forgets yep yes had had the best one god (laughs) God damn it okay (laughs) let's just move on any more notes nope all right nope but uh what have you so, been watching? Someone please, listening, reading? someone please write in and just break Cameron for me. I, I've That's done it. I've done it too much at this point. Um, what do I have? Uh, I've got a couple things. So we both just saw Spider Verse, as it's mentioned at the top of the episode. Yes. We, we just got, we literally got out of the movie and came straight here. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think anything was gonna. I this was such a good, uh, mostly such a good year for. Um, oh Jesus fucking Christ! Incredibles two was the other Disney movie from this year. Ooh, we you asked I think, me. I think this is better. I, I think so too. I, I I quite like the Incredibles too. I did see it twice. Same. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I saw it three times. I know. Um, I think this is. I think it's better because it's more ambitious. Yes. And and not to undercut how good Incredibles two is. I, I think it's fair to say that's basically the best sequel we possibly could have gotten off Incredibles one. And I think that movie comes very close to being on par with its predecessor. Mm-hmm. But. There has never been a movie like Spider-Verse before. Right. Ever. It's 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 like the heart of Incredibles with the humor of Teen Titans go to the movies. Yeah. It it does a really impressive job balancing a lot of different tones really thoroughly. And it, it I mean it hits the emotional beats really well. It hits mm-hmm. the humor really well. And it is jaw droppingly gorgeous. Yes. Which I think everyone expected based off the trailers. But I mean because when when it got to the scene, the the iconic scene from the trailers when he yeah. jumps off the building and he's like upside down with the city, like when you see it in film, it's like oh my, god. it's literally jaw dropping. It's like God, that's and, and we went and saw it in IMAX, like mm-hmm. proper IMAX, and if you can see it that way, don't see it in three D. I've heard three D is actually really good. That might be the case. I hate three D. Yes, and I refuse to support it, and it gives me headaches. But like. If you have to see it, I guess, in 3D to see it in IMAX, I suppose it's worth it, but see it in IMAX. Because mm-hmm. it, I mean, the cool thing about seeing it on such a massive screen is that you can really see the detail of how the drawing is done and how it's got a lot of layers on it and lots of shading. And what's with all the, the, the dots? The Bende com- dots. The Bende dots, yeah, that old mm-hmm. comic style where yes. like, things are kind of comprised of dots and stuff. And like Inspired by pointillism. Inspired by pointillism, exactly. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly recommend it. I mean, we'll be doing our end of the year wrap up soon um but it's, it's pretty high up for me mm-hmm. it's gonna be pretty high up for me 
Yes. So. Have you been watching or reading anything else? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I have another plug. Um, this is a movie I saw a little while ago, but it just hit Netflix and theaters, and it is Roma. Ooh. So for those of you who don't know what this movie is, it is uh, Alfonso Cuarón's latest film. Oh, and I don't like him. How do you not like Alfonso wait, Cuarón? Wait, sorry, sorry, getting confused with a very different director. I am so sorry. Who were you confusing him with? The guy who did Love. Gaspar Noé? Yes. The the like yes, the, the, porn the real sex film? Yep. Did you have to work on that movie? I did have to work. I told you I worked oh, on that movie. Oh, we, we talked about this. Because I made the masturbation app. That's or, right. Okay. The, yeah. We have to talk about Yes. Uh, I should probably clarify it with that. It, <laughs> it was not a masturbation app. It was an app where you would send messages. to. It was a messaging app. But in order to read the messages, you had to shake your phone in, in the... Uh, in the silhouette of, of in of, the jerk off motion. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then the message would uh, literally come on the screen. That's fantastic. That was something um, I got paid to work on. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gaspar Noé and Alfonso Cuarón are very different. Very writers. different. I'm so sorry. Uh, yes. No, Alfonso is known for um, Itu Mama Tambien. Mm-hmm. I probably pronounced that wrong, but that was like one of his first movies. Um, he did a version of Great Expectations I've ever seen. He did Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's right. He did Children of Men. Mm-hmm. He did Gravity. Yes. And now he's done this. And, um, you know, you listen to that list of films and all of those movies have this sense of um, scale to them. Like they're these massive productions that are tackling huge, huge subjects. This is different in the sense it's a very kind of much smaller personal film. So it's um, also, I guess, like full disclosure, I work for the company that made it. So I'm a little bit biased (sighs) in this. But... I you have also, not said hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored yet. Fine, hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, Thank hashtag you. nepotism, hashtag whatever you want to throw yes, in there. We we have to we have to let the people know. Hashtag bias. Yes. Um, we yes, have a bias. We, we produce we produce this movie. Um and so I got to see it at a company screening a couple months ago. And it's a story from his own life. So basically it's about his childhood more or less, but it's really about his um his nanny when he was a kid and kind of the role she played in his life. So the movie's about her. Um, so one, it's just, it's pioneering in the sense that it's a film about a domestic worker, which is something that's like just not very like covered in general in film. Um, it's black and white. It's foreign language. It's not a heavily plotted film. So it's, it's not one you can kind of just kind of sit and watch casually to be fair, Mm -hmm. but it is a masterpiece. Like it is legitimately an incredibly well-made movie, and this is my genuine opinion. I'm not reading off of a card that was handed to me by my boss. I'll take that it back. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> yes, sure, you by me. <laughs> uh, sure we burn that so no one can see that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it is really spectacular. It is on Netflix. Um, if you can, I do kind of like Spider Verse. I highly recommend you see it in, in a theater. It's definitely how it was designed. The actually the sound design of this movie is incredible. Um, if you've seen the teaser trailer, it's just a black and white shot of a bunch of water flowing back and forth across uh, a floor. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. When I saw that trailer, I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking pretentious. It, that sounds so artsy. It's it's The trailer makes it look very, very artsy. And it is kind of artsy in a lot of ways. But I mean, it's black and white and foreign. Yes, but foreign language. But then when I watched it, I have to admit, I was completely mesmerized by that sequence um, as it's happening on screen. And as it's, if you're seeing it with proper audio, you can hear like the water surrounding you as it's flowing back and forth. And it's really, really incredible. And it's a movie that despite the kind of like the very specific small scale nature of the story it's telling, visually and from a production perspective, it's done this massive scale. So you think about, you've seen Children of Men? No. 
okay, it's an incredible movie, and there's a couple like really long, crazy tracking shots, like very heavily choreographed tracking shots. Mm-hmm. Um, Quran does some similar stuff here too, where you're just watching the movie, and you're like, oh my god, like how did they do this? And like you, you like this is unbelievable that they found a way to do it. So, um, it's really, really good. It's definitely a movie that's going to be in the conversation already has been. It's going to be a contender for Oscars, hands down. Um, it's really good. Highly recommend it, guys. All right, go see it. I will. Yeah. Stop telling me. Go see it, Cameron. Oh, go. Jesus, go. Get off my fucking back. No, I don't want to hear what you've been plugging. Go see it now. I, uh, all right. It's playing in select theaters. Sorry. I know it's, it's it's challenging to escape. Yeah. You know, it's too hard to escape. Go ahead and do your shit and then go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So obviously, I also saw Spider Man. Yes. I saw it twice over the weekend. It's phenomenal. It's a visual masterpiece. Uh, I can't praise it enough. Yeah, it's uh, really good. But I've also been watching. I I'm like a week late to the party, which is very horrible for me. Uh, but I just started season two of Miss Maisel. Oh, nice. And it's so fucking good. It's so fun. It's so Mm -hmm. like such a nice change of pace. The writing is so like witty and quick. Uh Um, they, they, they kind of focus a lot more on the family and so, like, the dad has a big story arc. It's Tony Shalhoub, right, is the dad? Why am I asking you this? Great Jesus question. Christ. I couldn't tell you a single actor from the show. Um, but Joel has, like, a real... The the ex-husband has, like, a really redeeming story in this okay. arc, in this, in this season. Uh, Zachary Levi is in this season. Ooh! Yes, and I love me some Levi. Uh, it's Jeans, just, mostly. Usually just jeans. Um, but it's so... Just it's just so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget they um are they half hour, thirty minute, forty five minute, how long? Uh, forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just started the season finale before we watched um Spider Man. Okay. So I have to go and finish it. Yes, of course you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have I I'm not I don't, I don't plug this last one. I'm gonna talk about it, but it's not a plug. Okay. Um, I didn't realize uh Netflix surprised us with. A new Sabrina episode, a Sabrina Christmas. Oh, episode. Christmas special! Yeah, have you watched it? I've not watched it yet. Oh, okay. I'm very excited to though. Go watch it then. Yeah, I, I will report back next week. Yeah, I I still is. haven't watched any of Sabrina. That's all right. It's I it's I I've come to the conclusion that it's not for everyone. And not I would, for a lot of, a lot of people. I I bet I would like it. Mm-hmm. It's just not quite enough to actually get me to sit down and watch it. It's long. It's it's long. It's what is it? Thirteen. Um. Eight I, episodes. I think it's I think it's twelve or thirteen. Yeah, but, but it, it's full hour. It's yes, not forty two minute hour. It's full that's, hour. That's tough. Yeah, that's absolutely like tough. I, and it's it's been so long since I've seen a show that's like that. Where like my body's trained for forty two minutes. Yeah. So like when it got to that point, almost every episode I would move the mouse to see how much time was left, and it's like, fuck, I still got fifteen minutes left. I mean, that's that's kind of been the problem with a lot of Netflix stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the problem with like all of their Marvel stuff too. Is like, they were long episodes and long seasons and it's just like, it's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really a lot. Um, I know I'm super excited for the last season of Lemony Snicket. So I've been yes, re- I really, starts, uh, January 1st. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go back and revisit because it is a very intricate show and there's a lot of setup. I'll probably just have to like do like a, a read. I bet they'll do a, I, yeah. Cause I don't have time. To, well, like, they usually do a recap. That's true. They do. Yeah. Cause I, and, I and those are really good. Cause it's usually, um, when they did the season one recap, it, it was, was Patrick, Patrick Warburton, Warburton just yeah. being like, everything sucks. And here's why. Yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, Patrick Warburton. Yeah. I'm here's very, my voice. I'm very excited to get back to that show. I've liked it a lot. Plus I, I also like when things are succinct and it's like, this is the last season. Yeah. And then we got to enjoy all of it. It's entirety. And it was hopefully all going to be really good. Yes. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. It's a pre-plug right there. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, 
I think we're good. I think it's everything. We're good? We did it. We're grand. Great. We're great. Uh, if you want to reach out to the show, we are at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. I would love to know, for listeners, who is your favorite Lois Lane? Yes. I'd be very curious to see what uh, what how the, like, the fandom breaks down on that whole thing. So write to us and let us know. Uh, and then I am at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter. Perfect. Uh, if you want to see my art, which will be updated very soon, he says every week. They <laughs> say every week. It's like it's like you're doing the Jimmy Kimmel bit about finally getting Matt Damon on the show. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Your artwork is your Matt Damon. It is. I hate it that much. <laughs> um, uh, you can find my art at Cameron.dexter, and if you want to see my face and my adventures, you can find that at camdexter underscore adventures. And by adventures, I usually just mean me at Disney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not now, blackout season. I still have a week. You do? I do. Oh. My my blackout starts uh, the twenty first. Oh, okay. Well, mine's already blacked out. Ha! Which sucks. I finally loser. have time off during the week, and I can't loser. Go into a universal, you poor person. Also, even uh, even worse, <laughs> I was trying to find a Christmas present for a friend. Mm-hmm. Not you, by the way. I didn't expect one. And I on Saturday whilst extraordinarily hungover, I drove down to Disneyland. I was trying to find a very specific piece of art at that Wonderground art store. It's such a great store. I got down there and like, in general, their inventory is a lot lower than normal because the holidays probably, but they mm-hmm. didn't have it and it's oh, not no. available online. And I then had to turn around and get back to my car and drive all the way back to LA, which is like over an hour. Yep. Very hungover, mind you. Yes. So I based, and I couldn't go into the park because I was already in blackout zone. <laughs> So I just so sorry. spent like three hours for nothing. You could have just messaged me being like, this is the artist. Do you know anything? Because I have hookups. I have art friends that know people. Let's talk offline. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.